Will Matt Stafford get his first MVP this season? How will Tua and the Dolphins do in year two? Did Tim Tebow start a movement in the NFL? Tune in to find out and join me on today's NFL journey. What is up, everybody? My name is Keanu, and I hope you are having an amazing day. As always, if you do enjoy the podcast, be sure to share it with your mom, your dad, grandpa, grandma, even your dog. Obviously, we're here to talk about some football, so let's kick off with Keanu. So, NFL, the NFL recently tweeted out the bets for who will be the early favorites to win the MVP this upcoming season's odds are by, by Fox Bet. I'll just go through the list, and I'll share my opinions on it. Mahomes, plus 500, he's the most, he's the most predicted to win the MVP this season. Then comes Rodgers, then Allen, then Dak, then Russ, Matt Stafford, surprisingly, then Lamar, and then Tom Brady uh, at last. So, in my opinion, I'm surprised to see Dak on there because thing is, we all know that while the Cowboys do say every year that this will be the season, this will be the season they win the Super Bowl, even though they don't, that they they still struggle greatly. Like they haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Uh, they haven't been good. That thirteen and three run they made into the playoffs when Dak and Elliott were in their first or second year. In uh, my early prediction, uh, I honestly think Matt Stafford's gonna win it. See, because nowadays for the MVP, you don't don't just need the stats to win. You if you're a QB, you don't just need that. 4,500-yard season with 40 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 120 QBR. You don't just need that. You need a story because what's going to happen is the media is going to play that story so everybody is now they're now influenced and they're going to believe, okay, this guy deserves it. So Stafford, he has both of those things. He has the stats in his 12-year uh, career in the NFL. He has his stats, and with what he has now, he will be able to deliver, and he also has a story. Coming from Detroit, nobody really knew him, because you're in Detroit, you're not going to get a lot of Fox games, you're not going to get a lot of uh, games where everybody's going to be watching, everybody's going to be focused on you, but he's going to the Rams. Not only is that a coach upgrade, an O-line upgrade, a wide receiver upgrade, a tight end upgrade, he now has an upgrade in the culture. I believe this season, he has at least six games that are just going to be the game of the week for those weeks. He plays the Cardinals, the Niners, the Rams, the, or he's on the Rams. He plays the Cardinals, the Niners, the Seahawks, it's it's going to be amazing for him. He also has great potential to win. He had, for the past for t- 10 of his last 12 seasons. Think about this. He hasn't missed one game except two seasons where he got season-ending injuries. He played 3 games in one season, 8 games in the other. I believe 8 games was in two seasons ago in 2019. He, but besides that, he has averaged 4200 plus yards per season and that was on and even when he was in his prime when he had Calvin Johnson who would give him at least 1500 yards a season he was able to get 5,000 yard seasons twice that was in like 2011 2012 now think about it this way he has a much better wide receiver core and tight end core so in tight and wide receiver he has Cooper Cup 
And that's his wide receiver one. He also has Brandon Cooks. Uh, he also has a very good uh, running back in Cam Akers. It's, and then it, he even has now a better defense, defense so he can get into the playoffs and he'll have a better case for MVP. I was reading the tweets on uh, the NFL Post when they posted the MVP odds, and a lot of the comments were expecting Justin Herbert to be on it, and I don't think he should be. Yes, he had an amazing season. He had 4,300 yards. That's just amazing, baffles me for a rookie quarterback, and that was only for 15 games. He didn't play the entire season. So it just shows the potential that this man has, but also I don't like to base somebody's career and how good they're going to be on their first season because the thing is especially for kids coming out right out of college you the defenses that that are going to play Herbert they have to rely on his college tape because let's say even in his first game the defense that the Chargers had to play or the team that the Chargers had to play that defense had to rely on college tape because Herbert hadn't played one game so they didn't know how he's going to react and you could say, yeah, okay, he's going to play similarly, but the NFL is a lot different from college. Herbert would have to make so many more changes. So his his style of play, while it will resemble that of college, it will be different because he will have to up his level of play. So I don't like to base how good somebody is based on their first season if they have a breakout season. I think this second season, if he does good, that's when he will start to become an MVP candidate. But I think he's going to make a good run in his third season, not his second season, because we don't know how if he's going to be really good, because now defenses know how to play with him. Uh, so recently, per Adam Schefter, last, yesterday, free agent running back Todd Gurley is in Detroit uh, to visit with the Lions. And if he were to sign with Detroit, Gurley would be reunited with Jared Goff and be in the backfield with another former Georgia standout in DeAndre Swift. So... Will Gurley be able to elevate the Lions offense? And I think it's it's a yes and no. Yes, if he can hit his if he can get back to his 2017 shape. No, if he cannot, absolutely no. So let's just put it into perspective. 2020 season, Lions had the number 13 offensive line, and they are expected to get better because their center, Frank Ragno, is expected to improve. He ranks second in his position for P um for based on the grading from PFF. Taylor Decker, they uh, got him on a contract extension, so he they keep him. And then there's also a second-year jump from the rookie Jonah, Jonah Jackson, and he's going to elevate the line immensely and help with the pass protection and run blocking. Uh, also in the 2020 season, the running yards per game, the Lions ranked 30th with 93.7 yards. Uh, and then the passing game, they were 12th. So DeAndre Swift, he... The Lions' current running back, he was a rookie, and he ran for 500 yards, roughly, and four yards attempt and his per attempt, and he passed. And for receiving, he got around 357 receiving yards. Todd Gurley, in his 2020 season, he rushed for seven, almost 700 yards, three and a half yards per attempt, and he received got 164 receiving yards. Now, compared to his prime, Gurley had... 1,300 yards in 2017, 4.7 yards in attempt, and he had 800 receiving yards. If Gurley could get back to that shape, 
if he can get because remember the reason he wasn't he, he kind of started to decline the 2019 season and tw- even 2018 season was because he was saying he was dealing with knee injuries and just lower leg injuries he said that he got back to shape when he went to the Falcons so hopefully he can deliver this season and the thing is it your ability to be you can be the best running back in the world but if you have no offensive line you're done you can't run the ball without an offensive line because think about it when Le'Veon Bell went from the Steelers to the Jets Le'Veon Bell was an amazing running back he still probably is if he stayed with the Steelers he's not as good as anymore in my opinion Steelers he was an amazing uh amazing running back had some issues with Steelers went to the Jets uh he just couldn't go over 16 yards for one rush because the line was that bad. So Todd Gurley is going from a very good offensive line with very v- good veteran guards and tackles in that line in the Rams to a worse but still good and developing young offensive line with the Lions. So what I think is he will be able to do over around 1,000 yards this season. He will be able to get around like 400, 500 passing yards he will be able to elevate this rushing offense for the Lions. Uh, and then recently, so Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, amazing wide receiver, led the league in receiving yards with around 1,600 last season. He says, he comes out and he says, I want to win five Super Bowls in Buffalo. Now, realistically, do we think this is, do I think this is going to happen? No. But do I think they can win a Super Bowl? Definitely. Think about it this way. Josh Allen, he's 25. It's like his fourth season. Fourth season, maybe. Fourth, fifth season. Stephon Diggs, he's 27. Very young. Still going still gonna to get into his prime. He's not exiting his prime, but he's, he's good. He had 1,600 yards receiving. He had 1,600 receiving yards last year. He had the league. And as for the offseason moves that the Buffalo Bills made, they improved their offense. They got Emmanuel Sanders who gives you a good solid 800 yards a season. They still have Cole Beasley, gives you a solid 700, 900 yards a season. And this man is tough. He played the playoffs with an injury, and he still delivered. Uh, they re-signed linebacker Matt Milano, re-signed O-tackle Daryl Williams, re-signed offensive guard John Feliciano. So, in other words, the defense is going to remain the same despite the absence of Quinton Jefferson, the defensive tackle. And the offense will improve even though John Brown is leaving because John Brown last season, I believe, he gave them 400 yards, but and then they still progressed farther into the playoffs than they did the year prior. Josh Allen's getting better. He learned his because le- he learned his lesson from Mahomes. So when he made the playoffs the first time, he got into the wild card. Wild card, I want to say, or no, he got into no, yeah, he got into the wild card round he learned his lesson from Deshaun Watson and helped him it helped develop him so he was able to make it to the conference finals the next year then like how Mahomes learned from Brady the mistakes not to make and how to get to the Super Bowl uh Josh Allen learned from Mahomes those same lessons Josh Allen will most likely I that he is my pick to get to the Super Bowl for the AFC this year so I believe that they will win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Also, think about it this way. It's, I, while I do believe, again, while I do believe that they will win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen and 
when Stefan Diggs is still in Buffalo. I don't think they're going to win five, especially in Buffalo, because that's what Diggs is saying. He's saying he's going to win five in Buffalo. He could win five, but it's not going to be all with Buffalo. Because the thing is, is that nowadays it's not common for people in, or yeah, people in general to just stay with the same team. Think about it this way. The most, they're Rodgers, after like 17 years of the Packers, now he wants out. Brady, he left already. He went to, he left the Patriots. He went to Tampa. Russ, he's there. I don't think he's going to be there for long if he's not getting what he wants. And then Peyton Manning, he left. He went from the Colts to the Broncos. And those are just some of the most, those are just some that's of the people that are left that stay with a team for long, but they're not a lot like them out there. Uh, so Adam Vinatieri's retirement, uh, we all know that he retired after 24 seasons and four rings, three with the Patriots, one with the Colts, known as the greatest of all time kicker, uh, and he's ready to hang up his coat. Just some of his accolades, all time leading NFL scorer, he has around 2,600 points. Next closest, like Stefan, Stefan Goskowski with 1,800, uh, Vinatieri has 14 game-winning kicks, 10 seasons with the Pats, 14 seasons with the Colts. He was 48 years old. Started in 1996, and here's where I think it's kind of funny. 27.7% of the league. That's that's almost, that's around one-fourth of the league was born after Vinatieri made his debut into the NFL. Also, when Adams made his, when Adam made his NFL debut, the Cowboys were Super Bowl champs. Brett Favre had won his first MVP. Tom Brady was a freshman in Michigan at Michigan, and the Ravens began playing in Baltimore. Regardless, Adam, I hope you have an amazing retirement. You had an amazing career. Congrats. Uh, so Brandon Jacobs, he was a running back for the Giants, and he is now going to turn 39 uh, before this upcoming NFL season starts. And he says he is serious about the about an NFL comeback as a defensive end. He was a running back before, and he says he's inspired by Tim Tebow. So first it was first, it wasn't even first Tim Tebow that kind of started this movement. It was Marshawn Lynch from last season, or I believe it was actually two seasons ago. When it was week 17, it was the Seahawks versus the Niners. The Seahawks brought in Marshawn Lynch, and they kept them in the playoffs for a little bit until their playoff season ended. And I think they just brought him in to act as a veteran and also try to have some intimidation factor for the Niners. But then, fast forward two years, Tim Tebow, we all know, he's coming in. And then, then it was Kelvin Benjamin who played for the Chiefs and the Bills. He was a wide receiver. Now he's actually on the Giants, and he's around 30 right now. Now it's Brandon Jacobs. He will turn 39. He played nine seasons. He was two-time Super Bowl champ, 5,000 rushing yards, 60 touchdowns. Is, I think this is going to be a movement where ex-NFL retirees, they come out and they try to get back into the NFL. It's not going to be all of them because the reason that the NFL stands for not for long. You're not going to be in the NFL for long if, you don't, if you're not amazing because NFL takes a beating on your body. So 80% of the players just leave after a couple of years because of the toll it takes on their body they can't handle it anymore. 
So for the, the select few that actually think that their body can handle it again and they want to try to get back into it, they will try after uh, having Tim Tebow, Marshawn Lynch, Calvin Benjamin, Brandon Jacobs as people to inspire them. And is there, there is some, I believe there is some benefit to having veterans like this on the team. And it depends. So if if you're someone like Tim Tebow or Marshall Lynch who are actually popular, they're well-known, there is a benefit because you could, give, you could give tips to the younger players. You could teach them maybe financially how to keep yourself stable or even help develop them and help them get to where they want to be in the NFL. Uh, so I do believe there is some potential but I don't think that this movement will last for long because of how the NFL treats NFL athletes' bodies. So Tua, he is he kind of reported that uh, he told everybody that he admits he wasn't comfortable as a rookie and says his confidence in hip has improved a lot. And I quote, he says, I didn't actually know the playbook necessarily. Really, really good. And that's no one else's fault but my fault. Our play calls were simple when I was in. I didn't have alerts and checks where now I feel comfortable and I can maneuver my way through these things now. So I was researching about Tua and how he did last season. And I was just surprised at what I found. He played, he started around nine games. He went six and three. That's what, that's what surprised me the most. But he had also 1,800 yards and he had 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. That didn't, that didn't surprise me because that kind of matched what I was seeing from him when I watched his games. And the reason his win-loss record kind of surprised me because seeing, because it seemed as if the way he played and his win-loss record did not match up, so I wanted to kind of bring up his wins and his losses and kind of his stats throughout that. So his first win was against the Jets, 24-0. That was not a good game for him. Yes, they went 24-0, but think about it this way. The Dolphins had the number five defense, and Jets, they went like 2-14 and last season. They were not a good team, so that was not a good game for him. The next win was against the Rams, 28-17. Yes, they scored a lot, but... Tua had 93 passing yards. 93. That that was not a good game for him. Next was the Cardinals. He they won again. He passed 250 yards. I will say this was the his first good game. So in three games, this was his first good one. He passed 250 yards for 250 yards. He had no interceptions. Uh, he played a, he played against a good defense. It was a good game for him. The next was against the Chargers. They won. They He passed for 170 yards. Not good, but not completely terrible. My thing is, it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't a good, good game for him because the Chargers, they lost. Their, most of the games the Chargers lost was because they couldn't win close games. They were the opposite of the Seahawks, where the Seahawks managed to win every close game possible. Chargers were the opposite. They lost every close game possible. Uh, and that's why they honestly lost. Next was they won against two one against the Bengals. But the thing is the Bengals are the twenty first ranked defense and Dolphins again, they were the number five ranked defense. Then I will say his n- next good good game was against the Chiefs. Yes, they lost against the Chiefs, but Tua passed for 300 yards, 
And he had maybe, I believe he had one interception in that whole game against the stellar Chiefs defense. He played well. Next game was against the Patriots. They won mostly because of Miami as the fifth best defense. And then, but also, Tua had 150 yards passing. He didn't play that well because mostly Belichick makes new QBs struggle, especially those in his division. The next win was against the Raiders. Uh, Tua had 90 yards passing. Not good. Next was against the Bills. They lost. Tua had three interceptions. Next was against the Broncos. They lost. And Tua had 80 yards passing. So in those nine games, Tua had two good games or good solid games. But for the most part, Seeing how he had around four games where he didn't pass over 100 yards, he mostly relied on his defense to win. And if we just compare this with Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick started less games. He had 200 more yards. He's a lot older. And he had a 68% completion percentage to to a 64% completion percentage. And the NFL average is 66. Now, as we all know, Tua said he's feeling more confident. He's more confident with the playbook. He's feeling better after his hip surgery. Dolphins also in the offseason, they had Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle from the draft, Will Fuller from the Texans. I think mo- for the most part, they're saying this because Tua told everybody, like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling more confident, I'm feeling more comfortable, I'm feeling energized, I'm ready to go because of the rumors that are circling around. Tua's people are trying to calm down all the rumors and stop people from spreading these rumors about how he might get traded for Deshaun Watson or something like that. Uh, even his teammates have stepped up to do it for him. Uh, I, did th- I do think the Dolphins have made very good additions, but I still do not feel like they have their quarterback. Especially just because Tua came from Alabama. I don't believe in Alabama QBs in the NFL. I really don't. Just a couple Alabama QBs that have been in the NFL. Here their, here, here's their career. A.J. McCarron won back-to-back championships in college. Amazing. Nice. When he went to the NFL, six years, he played. Four games he started. He went out. Next one, Greg McElroy won a championship in 2010 uh, in college. NFL career, two years long. Started one game. He left. Next, Brody, Mc- Brody Croyle. He set passing records at Alabama. Let's get him to the NFL. Nine interceptions, eight touchdowns in ten games. Mac Jones, too, more recently. He's not, he doesn't have the biggest arm. He doesn't have the biggest frame. He's small. Uh, he has no apparent gift. It's not, uh, and also, the reason why I don't really believe in Alabama QBs is because it's not their skill that gets them to where they are. It's Nick Saban. It's his system. When you're a QB and you're in Alabama, it's because of your offensive line, too. It's Nick Saban. You have around 20 seconds to before you have to get rid of the ball. And when you do get rid of the ball, it's to a wide receiver that's so open because of the play design. It's That's why I don't believe in Alabama QBs. Yes, there are exceptions like Jalen Hurts from the Eagles. I do believe he will play well, uh, especially because he now has... Devonta Smith, another good wide receiver. Well, that's all for me, everybody. We out.